The Arts of the San Joaquin Valley is a program that focuses on the arts community from Stockton to Merced and Foothill to Foothill. We talk with local authors, poets, playwrights, fine artists, actors, directors, filmmakers, dancers, musicians, crafters, and makers to learn more about their art and the art-related events here in our part of the valley. We're your hosts, Linda Scheller, and I'm Laura Stokes. If you're involved in the greater arts community of our area and would like to be featured, we will share our contact information at the end of the show. This is KCBP, the arts of the San Joaquin Valley. I am your host, Laura Stokes. Our guest is Margie Butler, a harp touring and recording artist and music teacher. Good morning, Margie. Nice to have you here. Good morning, Laura. Great to be here. Thank you. What or who inspired you to play the harp? Well, my father was an Irish Irishman through and through. And as a child, he was always telling stories and singing songs. And harp plays very strongly in the Irish culture. And so I kept saying to him, Daddy, I want to learn to play the harp. Harps were not easy to come by in those days. So it took me a long time to finally get my wish. In the meantime, luckily, he gave me piano lessons. And turns out that really helped when I ended up finally getting to play the harp. Where did you learn to play the harp, and who taught you to play? My teacher was Sylvia Woods. She was a real pioneer on getting harp out there to um, to the masses. And uh, she she was teaching in San Francisco, and that's where I got my start. Do you compose music? I do. I do. Most of the music that I play is Celtic music, but I do compose from time to time. Do you read music or play by ear? Both. 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 But uh, initially, I was much better ear player than a reader, so I had to kind of catch my reading up because I was real good, good at piano because I would watch the teacher play, and then I would just record it in my mind and play it. So it took a while, but I, got, I finally was able to read later. Well, I started really early. I started at age five. So, you know, it took me a while, but I caught up. What types of harps do you play, sell, and rent? And what are the ranges of your harps? I sell harps made by triplet harps in San Luis Obispo. And the harps, you can get a harp as small as like 20 strings and as, as much as 40 strings in the, in the type of harp that I play, which is the lever harp. But if you wanted to get a classical harp, you'd even have more strings. So it's really the size of the harp and the amount of strings that delineates it. Please give advice on buying and renting a harp. If anybody's interested in getting a harp, the first thing I would say is get somebody who knows harps. Because it's, I've had a lot of people come to me who went on the internet and thought, that's a beautiful looking harp and it's only $400 and it just it wasn't a good harp and there's a lot of them out there but if you but if somebody's really interested in in um, purchasing or renting they would contact me and I could kind of help them through that process does the right hand do anything different from the left hand yes most of the time imagine a piano with the right hand playing more melodic in the treble clef and the left hand playing more the accompaniment in the bass clef, very much the same as piano. 
So your right hand normally is playing the melody, but there are exceptions to every rule. How does a person tune a harp, and how often? That's a good question. When I play, when I perform, I tune my harp before the show and at intermission. When I'm just practicing around the house, I'll tune my harp once a day. A lot of people don't do that, and they, their, their harp slowly just drifts away. But the beauty of today's um, technology is we have little electronic tuners of the size of an old cassette. So they're really nice and handy, and you just clip it to your harp. And the only problem is sometimes people will start tuning the harp by turning and not continuing to check if they've gone too far or if they're on the wrong string. It's a just recipe for breaking a string at that point. So one of the first things I do when I teach is teach them how to teach my students how to tune the harp so they don't break strings. Are there any new types of harps being developed today? Yes. Electric harps have come to the forefront, and that's pretty exciting just because it's so different, you know. Electric harps, solid body harps, plastic harps, lots of innovative things have come along, but I much prefer to stick with good old-fashioned acoustic wooden harp. (laughs) But let me tell you that there's also things, innovations and things like the kind of strings. Back in the ancient days, it was gut strings or wire, and then later we became, um, you know, the technology came up to where we had nylon strings, and we've had nylon strings for a long, long time. Like the guitar is either metal strings or nylon, but now we have something called fluorocarbon strings, which is a new um, technology that's they last longer, they don't break as often, and they have a really beautiful sound. So lots of innovations continue with the harp. Is music written for the harp at all different from music written for other instruments? That's a good question. Most music that you play on piano can also be played on the harp. The only reason that you wouldn't be able to play it is because the lever harp, which is the kind of harp I play, you don't have the, 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 uh, the sharps and flats available to you as quickly as with the pedal harp. But still, most piano music can be adapted to harp. Let's talk about your performance experience. Please tell us about your Celtic trio. Golden Bow was founded by myself and my husband in 1980. So we've been around a long time. So we have myself, we have my husband Paul, we have our fiddle player who also plays the viola, Kathy Sierra, and uh, we just celebrated our 40th anniversary recently. Well, 2020, it was kind of a difficult year, but we've been at it a long time. Please tell us about your harp duo. I have a partner named Takako Majima, and she and I play weddings, funerals, gatherings of all kinds locally and we have a lot of fun and the difference is when I go on the road with my trio Golden Bow we're off all over Europe everywhere but when I'm home and not on the road that's when we do our harp duos. Please tell us about your social media. We are on Facebook and when we travel we post pictures of us on you know Every day, we're throwing something out there so people can sort of experience our travels um, with the band. Uh, it's Golden Bow, Golden Bow, Golden Bow Music on Facebook. So people can go ahead and go there. And if they have any trouble finding us on Facebook, then send us an email. Please tell us about your different recordings. Well, I've been recording with Golden Bow since 
the 80s. So I have many, 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 many recordings with Golden Bough, um, mostly Celtic. Uh, I've done a little bit of American folk music as well. And then with my solo harps, I've done three recordings where, where there's not singing, but just more featuring the harp. Please share stories of your experiences with some of the performers with whom you have worked. I had a wonderful experience sharing the stage with Arlo Guthrie. That was one of the highlights for, uh, for my band, Golden Bough. He was so wonderful and so um, engaging. That was a great experience. Uh, one of my other really ex- highlights was when I was able to record with Linda Ronstadt. She did an album of uh, songs for children called Dedicated to the One I Love, and she used a lot of music from that era and turned it into ballads for children, lullabies. So that was a wonderful experience as well. Do you have any fond memories you wish to share about your performance experiences? So many. I've been at it for so long. But um, one of the things that I really, really have enjoyed over the years is working with my students performing because we put together a group that goes to perform for retirement homes and outdoor events, indoor events, uh, holiday events, and that's been really lovely to see the looks on the faces of the folks out there, to see these little kids from age 5 to age 18 performing and singing. I, I teach harp, but I also get, them, get my students singing as well, so the children are just amazingly um, versatile because of that and so they just they can they bring a lot of love do you wish to share the story about when you were in Hungary oh yes that was a great trip we were on tour in Europe and we knew that we were going to be going to Hungary so we we were in Holland at the time so we probably spent most of a whole day standing in line to get visas it was very complicated to get visas in those days to go to the Eastern Bloc countries, but we eventually got our visas, and then we got in the Volkswagen van and drove all the way to Hungary. To the far end of Hungary was our destination near the Russian border, but getting into Hungary was really difficult. The line of cars was way, 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 way back, and um, they were very strict and looked at our visas and you know were very hesitant to even let us in in our Volkswagen van. But we got in, and we had a wonderful festival. Um, Got to play with a lot of great Irish um, Celtic musicians. And uh, then, wandering around this beautiful town of Mishkals, Hungary, we read and saw that President Bush was in town. And we had no idea. So there were pictures, cardboard cutouts of Bush everywhere that people were taking pictures of. And it turns out, while we were there that week, that's when the border came down in Hungary. That was in July 1989. So we got into Hungary under communist rule, and by the time we left, it was a free country. And at the border on the way in, it was very stern with big guns. And on the way out, there weren't any guns, and the border guards were just celebrating, and it was quite an amazing moment for us to not only play in this beautiful historic town and this ancient castle castle ruins, but to also realize that we were living through a, a very historic moment for the people of Hungary. It was pretty special. This is 
KCBP, the arts of the San Joaquin Valley. I am your host, Laura Stokes. Our guest is Margie Butler, a harp touring and recording artist and music teacher. How has the pandemic affected your ability to tour and perform? That was a real tough time. Still a very tough time. In fact, I mentioned we celebrated our 40th anniversary in 2020. We had just done our very first performance of a big tour, the T-shirts, we had it all. That was at the Gala Center for the Arts right here in Modesto, which was an amazing event because we also had other people perform with us. I'll, get, I'll tell more about that later. But within a few days of that concert, everything was shut down. The tours were canceled, and we all had to shelter in place. And it was pretty devastating for us. We had a Euro- two European tours cancel in the interim. Um, every other possible tour, our Alaska cruise, we usually perform on a Celtic cruise to Alaska. That was canceled. So it was a hard, hard time. What we ended up realizing was that we couldn't stop performing. So we started doing Sunday broadcasts in our backyard, and and we would just broadcast to whoever wanted to listen. And we didn't charge, and we just asked for tips. And we continued that for eight months, I believe. Um, Sometimes Paul, my husband, would play solo. Sometimes he and I would play together. And as the pandemic went along, we eventually had our fiddle player come out and she would distance away from us and we'd do shows. So that was a really fun experience, learning how to do that, do the whole digital thing. But that wasn't going to get us a living. So I had to figure out how to continue to teach. And so I learned how to, and I'm not terribly tech savvy but it was it became very easy for me to teach with zoom and with facetime and with all the other things that you can do and i realized it's teaching the harp isn't as hard as i thought it would be online and now i have online students that live really far away and they're telling me they're not going they'd rather continue online even though they could come now to my studio, you know. Um, so that's been nice. I've also been teaching, I built a gazebo in my back patio with fans, and so I was able to teach all summer long out there with masks so that it wasn't, so we weren't continuing to only be online. The kids especially prefer, you know, being in person. So that was one of the th- other things that I did. And then um, now I'm still able, now I'm able to teach indoors for people that are vaccinated, but we still wear masks. And, uh, and now I know all about a new technology. Please tell us about your teaching experiences. Okay, well, I, what I love the most about teaching is opening up a whole new world to people. Because un- until people really sit down at the harp, it really looks like a difficult instrument. But r- it's not as difficult as it looks. So I have, it's kind of been my quest to help demystify the harp for people. And I've had kids who came to me young, and one particular student was so shy and so deathly afraid of talking to anyone that she came to me very silent, and slowly but surely I um, sort of gave her the confidence as she played. And, And life, you know, seems to be magical in that way. Now she's in college, when she, by the time she got to high school, she was performing at weddings and she, different kinds of events. So it's fun when you can see how sometimes music can really 
blossom a child. And in this case, and in many cases, that's what it does. How long have you taught harp lessons? I've been teaching, gosh, 40 years at least. Long time. Yes. Where do you teach? I teach in my own studio, as I mentioned, online as well as in person. But I also, until the pandemic, um, did a lot of work with elementary schools. And um, we do music camps. We just did our first music camp since the pandemic. So this is with my Celtic trio and the three of us um, run a camp where people can come who've never played music or some that have. And we, by the end, are all playing together and we teach violin, harp, Irish penny whistle, the Celtic drum called the boron. We have guitar, we have ukulele, we even have auto harp and hammer dulcimer. So that's what happens at the music camps. We've also um, performed and taught on the, our Celtic cruise to Alaska, which we're going to be doing again June 2022. And um, one of my favorite places to teach is at MJC, Modesto Junior College, where I teach. Until the pandemic, I was teaching uh, every semester a harp class where people could walk in the door with absolutely no prior knowledge, and I would set up 12 to 15 harps, and people would walk in, and a total of four hours, and by the end, people walking out the door saying, wow, I can do this. So that's one of my favorite places to teach, and I'm hoping by spring we'll be back doing that again at Modesto Junior College. Um, the, I also should mention that I teach the Irish penny whistle as well. So I go once a year to uh, to a school that hires me every year, and we go in and I spend I teach three or four cl- uh, times to the fourth grades, fourth graders, and then at the end, Goldenbach comes and performs at the school for all the kids and the parents, and the kids that were learning penny whistle with us come up and perform with us. So that's always really fun, and hopefully we'll be able to do that again soon as well. So I think I covered all the different ways that I teach and who I teach. How many students do you think you've taught over the years? <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands. I, I not only teach children, I also teach adults. And, to, yeah, and think about to even make that computation would be really difficult. A lot, let's just say that. <laughs> what styles of music do you teach on the harp? I like to start beginners just playing simple single notes, you know, like the root of the chord, and I teach them super basic songs. I use a lot of American folk music because most people are familiar with the American folk songs. And um, once they get through that aspect and they begin to, to get more complicated, that's when I start teaching Celtic music to them. And even further on, we jump into classical music. I had one student who recently said, came to me and said, I've always wanted to learn Andrew Lord Weber songs. So now she's learning, um, she's learning something from Phantom of the Opera. And she's singing it, and she sings so beautifully. That's one of my passions, is getting our, my students to sing at, with the harp. So harp is a perfect instrument to sing with. Very easy to start simply and just do chordal pieces and sing, and then slowly the right hand begins to play the melodic line. But basically, you can start from day one and sound great if all you're playing is chords and singing. And I say to my students when they first come to the door, I say, okay, I'm not going to ask you if you're a good singer. 
I'm not even going to ask you if you want to sing, because you will be singing during my classes. But don't worry, no one but me is here, and they people blossom with that. Because it's not about good or bad. It's just about expressing yourself. So that's, that's sort of my mission in life, is to get not only people playing and enjoying playing, but also com- comfortable as singing and sing around the campfire, sing in the shower, music. Do you want to tell us again about uh, all of the instruments you teach? Sure. Um, harp, as we said, and um, let me just quickly talk about the harp that I teach. I teach what is called a lever harp. And the lever harp is where, in order to change keys, you actually have to flip a lever with your left hand that's up at the top of the harp. Whereas the pedal harp, your foot does the work. And so the pedal harp, which is the orchestral harp, can play all the symphonic music because for their feet can change from a sharp to a flat to a natural as quickly as they want. Whereas when I teach the lever harp, it's a little slower process. You flip the levers before you start a song, put the harp in the key you need to be in, and then if you need an accidental, which is a piece, a note that's not in the key, that's when you flip, you take your hand and actually flip the lever. So the harp is, the lever harp is the, the kind of harp that I teach, and I mentioned the Irish penny whistle. That's a beautiful little instrument. It's a, a little wind instrument that is not only played in Ireland, sort of Celtic, the whole Celtic world. And it's similar to the recorder, but only six holes in the penny whistle. Another instrument that I teach is the Irish or the Celtic hand drum called the boron. So those are the three main instruments that I teach, but harp is my main focus. Do you want to explain again um, how your ensembles include other instruments? Yes. My, my Celtic trio Golden Bow, the instruments are harp, guitar, mandolin, violin and viola, the Irish penny whistle. Sometimes we'll even have a little harmonica in there. My harp duo is just two harps, but I often sing as well at my harp duo. And the, my real passion these days is, is my, my kids that perform. And they perform harps, but I also have some of my harp students also play the Irish penny whistle because they've wanted to learn that as well. And then my husband teaches guitars, so we'll get the guitar players in on that show as well. And I'll always invite a violinist or two to perform as with us as well. So we have a real, we call, we're called the Central Valley Youth Harp Ensemble, but it's Harp Plus. And another really fun uh, thing that we do at some performances is we'll bring kids up on the stage, just like because we go out and teach in the community. And for our 40th anniversary at the Gallo Center, we had a group of children from Paradise Elementary here in town come up and sing a song with us. They were so sweet. They sang, Oh, row the rattling bog, the bog down in the valley. And uh, we also invited our very first violinist, um, Flory Brown, to join us for that show. And we also had three students, three high school students who came and joined us, two violinists and one cellist. So that, that was a lovely sort of way to involve the community and kind of flesh out our songs. So we, that, was our, that was our gala show in uh, March 2020. So those, oh, and one more thing, I also have an adult harp group that performs. And we just did two farmers markets locally this summer. Again, with harp, we had harp, guitar, penny whistle, and 
violin. That must have been fun. It was really fun. It, it, the nice thing about the farmer's markets is you have the freedom to perform because it's an outdoor setting. So that's, you know, we're, we're still hesitant about our indoor settings. This is KCBP, the arts of the San Joaquin Valley. I am your host, Laura Stokes. Our guest is Margie Butler, a harp, touring, and recording artist and music teacher. Tell us about your music studio. Well, my studio at home, I have, I have a teaching studio and a recording studio in my home here in Modesto. And um, so our recording studio is where we do all our CDs. And my teaching studio is, is where I teach my students. But as I mentioned earlier, I built an outdoor studio as well. And so students have the option of coming indoors if they've been vaccinated and or coming outdoors, and we'll, we'll still wear masks, but that's been kind of fun. Now I need to get some heaters in there so I can keep teaching through the winter. Tell us a little bit about some of your recordings. Okay, yeah, our very, very first recording was in the early 80s, maybe 81, and that was just a little cassette, and that was really fun, record for the first time. We recorded that album in, um, in Oakland, California, as I recall. Then we went on, started going on tour to Europe, and um, started. We went out of, got out of the pub, the world of the Irish pubs, even though they were fun. It just, just didn't feel, you know, the right direction for us. So then, when we, when we got to Europe, we we met up with a, a record label over there, and we started recording for a record label. So that was exciting. So let me think. The first was a cassette recorded, okay, in in Oakland. Then we did, I believe, two LPs recorded in San Francisco, and then we just started working uh, in Europe, recording there. And we recorded a lot in Germany, and eventually recorded, started moving, they moved to England, and so we started recording in England as well. So we've been making albums from the very beginning. Of course, they used to be cassettes, then they were LPs, and now they're CDs and lots of streaming online, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, we've been at it for a long, long time. The most recent recording we're working on right now is a, a project for a show that we're doing called Traveling Tunes, and that particular show is going to be mostly American music about a theme of traveling. So that's what we're working on currently. And we'll be in Wyoming in two weeks performing that show. That'll be fun. Tell us a little bit about the CD you made. It's called Soothing Harp Music. It's called Celtic Harp for Pets. And that's a CD that was commissioned by a holistic pet you know, group. And they had done research. Actually, a lot of different people had done research that proved that music was soothing for animals. Then, particularly the harp. The harp became, you know, sort of spearheaded as the most soothing. So I recorded a CD of basically just beautiful, soothing music. Not necessarily only for dogs and cats and birds and cows, but also for people. And that CD has been um, embraced by lots of people that are using it for from meditation or for massage, things like that. So when, I, when people see the cover, they say, for pets? I don't have a pet. I say, that's okay. <laughs> you, you'll still enjoy the music. <laughs> what are the rewards of playing a harp? 
Ah, the rewards of playing a harp. As we just talked about, it is very soothing, and it does bring, sort of gives a peacefulness to people. But I also think there's a reward in playing pretty much any instrument, because bringing music to people, and we've been doing it for since, you know, 1980, I've seen such a, a lot of, so many people change they get to the theater and they're looking kind of down and they're always by the end they're looking up sometimes you'll see you'll look down at the audience and you can tell that that gal dragged her husband along to this show and he doesn't want to be here but by the end he's smiling and clapping and even singing along so i think harp music is wonderful for soothing the soul but i think any music if it's done well and Live music can change people. I really see it. I see it a lot. So that's kind of my direction to keep, to continue to do that, you know, bring joy. You are listening to KCBP Wesley, 95.5 FM and streaming at kcbpradio.org. This is Arts of the San Joaquin Valley with your host, Laura Stokes. Why should a music student choose a harp? Harp is easier than it looks. Harp is, as I mentioned earlier, you can just start with one note. I also studied violin as a child. You don't have beautiful music from the beginning when you play the violin. Not that it doesn't get beautiful later, but I have personal experience. <laughs> it was Whereas the harp, immediately you just pluck one note and it's so beautiful, and then you pluck two and then you learn how to play harmonic sounds with combinations of notes. I always say to students, well, first of all, you have to be drawn to it to some degree to, to ask about it. But I always say to students, don't worry if you're not wonderful from day one. Just know that even the simplest songs can be pretty for people. And it's true. I've got you know, family members, oh, I love when she practices her harp, which you don't hear with every instrument you practice at home when you're first starting. But um, again, it, the harp was the predecessor to the piano. The harp directly was evolved, started as a harp, then somebody decided to turn it into a harpsichord, which is basically just a harp laid on its side with a box, and, but the notes were actually plucked. Then they went from plucking with the harpsichord to the hammer that they have now inside that when you touch the piano key, it hammers the string. And that's our modern-day piano. So anybody that comes to me who says, I play the piano, I'm like, this is great. You're going to fix a different hand position, slightly different technique, but the same music. And the same basic uh, left hand plays the the lower octave and the right hand plays the higher octave. So it's pretty much a given that those, har- those piano players are going to just take off. How may a prospective student contact you for lessons? They can contact me through my website, which is goldenbowmusic.com. And bow is spelled B-O-U-G-H. Or maybe better yet, maybe easier, I'll give my phone number, 209-572-1715. And I encourage people to contact me, even if they live out of the area, because we have Zoom now. Please tell us a little bit more about the history of the harp. The harp's been around 
for thousands of years. In fact, the earliest harp-like instruments were um, documented around the 3000 BC. 3000 BC. And they were found in Asia, Europe, Africa, and evolving different places, not necessarily because that person from Asia traveled to Africa or Europe. They're sure that they kind of, in the very, very early history, evolved separately. But the very earliest were basically hunters who had the bow, and that bow which is stretched with that really tight string so that you could use it as a means of hunting. You can also, if you pluck that, you'll hear a little doing sound. So they started taking that piece of wood that's already bowed and st- with one string and adding an extra string and an extra string and an extra string. And each string, the longest string is the lowest, and as it gets closer to the, the other end of the wood, the strings are smaller, which makes them higher. So there's a whole you know, ancient, ancient, probably right up there with drums and f- simple flutes, the earliest instruments ever invented. Now, they really became more popular um, and became sort of a, a, a staple in Europe in the medieval times and the Renaissance times. Harps were very popular. And um, so we're looking from the Middle Ages to the Renaissance. And then came a time when the harp kind of started to be less popular, you know, Baroque era, um, different symphonic and classical music started developing that you couldn't really play on a simple harp because of the fact that you need... Well, the piano had evolved at that point too, right? And all the other instruments that could play more than just one simple scale, like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, right? You need the notes in between. So that's when the pedal harp was invented. Took that harp that was starting to become not so popular and made it so that that every string could be either sharp, flat, or natural using your foot. So it slowly became, and you, to, to this day, you see the, the harp in the orchestra because of that innovation. But my favorite story is the story of a man in Ireland named Turlock O'Carolan. Turlock O'Carolan was born in 1670, and his family were landowners but lost their land. I think, I don't know exactly what historically caused them to lose their land, but the family went to live with a, a landowner, a rich lord named McDermott. And McDermott's wife decided that she wanted to help this young boy with an education. So she educated this young man, Turlock O'Carolan, and then tragically he, he became blind from smallpox. And at that point, she started giving him, getting harp lessons for him. And as a blind person, there, there weren't a lot of options, but you could, harp was very, very popular, and um, you, know, you could play for kings and queens and lords if you had it. And he became really, really good quickly. By age 21, she bought him a horse, well, two horses, and a guide for one of the horses, and the guide, uh, and he played a smaller harp, strapped the harp on, and started traveling and, and uh, writing songs for all the patrons all around Ireland. And he, uh, over 200 of his songs still exist today. All of his pieces are, we were, we're very lucky that they were written down because he didn't write them down. He, everything was 
memorize in, in his head because he was blind, but um, people realized his talent and wrote his music down. So I do love to play his music. It's, and he was inspired because he traveled to Europe. So he came back from Europe being inspired by the Baroque music and the more the fun things that were going on over there, which means that some of his music doesn't sound terribly ancient Irish. It sounds a little bit more modern for the time. So he bridged that gap for people. So he's he's the most famous, I would say, composer from Ireland. That's a wonderful story. Thank you. You're welcome. The harp also... Evolved. I talked about how it became very popular in Europe. Europeans started traveling abroad and eventually found themselves in the Americas. Well, we don't know who originally brought the harp to South America, but maybe more than one person, maybe many people. But the South American people really embraced the harp. Changed it a little bit. But basically, it's the same instruments, just ever so slightly different and stylistically very different. And so you'll find South American harps being played and stylistically different from one country to the next. Mexico, Venezuela, Peru, Ecuador, Chile. But there's one basic difference. The harp, the way to find your way around the harp is the color. Each C is red and each blue F is blue. That's how you find your way around. And that's not just for beginners. Even the pedal harps in the orchestra use that system. In South America, they did the similar system. They did do have red and blue strings. But instead, the red was F and the blue was C. <laughs> so that's kind of a nice um, sort of kind of validation of how this evolution can, will continue and has continued. And over in South America, it's still very popular today. This is Casey BP, The Arts of the San Joaquin Valley. I am your host, Laura Stokes. Our guest is Margie Butler, a harp touring and recording artist and music teacher. Please tell us anything more you wish to share about your experiences with performing and teaching with the harp. Good question. Well, performing has really broadened my horizons. I think our very first tour of Europe was in the early 80s. And since then, we've toured over there often twice a year for many years. And then um, up until the pandemic, once a year. What I found is that people are the same all over the world. They all have the same joys, the same sorrows. They're they're not us. It's not us and them. And that's something that I really like to explain to, to my students, uh, people that feel like we we're the center of the earth here in America. But we're really not. If we and we also it's prejudices can be so harming to people. And I feel like we have to if we travel, we realize, you know, I, I remember being in in Germany, we've done a lot of performances in Germany, and we were and we had a little van that had German plates, and we went we traveled to. I think we traveled to Holland, and one of the musicians that was performing at the festival with us asked us why would we would have a German plates because the Germans are such terrible people, and I because of the Holocaust, and he had lost family to the Holocaust, and I said. 
yes, that was terrible. But you meet the people there now, they feel as bad as anybody about what happened in Germany. But yet, they're moving on, and they're not going. That they're not going to let that happen again. So experience them as like people, like next door neighbors, rather than looking at the past and because of the past having having a prejudice against that group of people. Because you meet these kids, and they have nothing to do with the history that once went through went down in in, uh, in Germany. So those kinds of things have really opened my eyes. We were we were lucky enough to be able to. Um, we were in Europe at the time when the war against Bosnia-Herzegovina, I wouldn't call it a war as so much as a bit of a genocide. We, uh, we, I wrote a song about it, and we toured and we performed, and we tried to raise, raise consciousness about the fact that the rest of the world doesn't realize that these people, these innocent, they're innocent people, and they should, we should be there to help them rather than just kind of turning a blind eye to them. So I've been really fortunate to be able to be a voice in moments like that where you feel like you want to let the unjust, injustice be told. And I believe that music is a really great way to bridge the gap because, yes, you can go to a protest. I'm not against going to a protest, but if you just say it in such a way that it resonates with others, and I believe music is is the resonating vehicle for peace. So if there we are, and we can make a difference to just one or two people, especially when we travel. I had someone say once, oh, I love your music so much, but I would never go to America. Because, and I said, well, why? Why would you never travel to America? Well, it's all concrete and high buildings, and, and it's, it's, she had this really strange idea of America by watching TV, that it was just freeways and traffic. And he said, oh, you, you've just got to come over to America. you just got to come and see. There's vast plains, there's forests, there's, there's everything you can imagine. We're just like you, but maybe the country's a little bigger. But that, other than that, it's just like Europe. And she kind of went, really? And I said, yeah. It's, she was watching TV and decided that she would. it was just this horrible place to go to. <laughs> so there you go, just, you know, changing hearts one at a time. Please share what you believe is the future of harp instruments and music around the world. Ah, let's just keep going with what I just said. Let's keep the music out there to, to give people hope. You know, if, a song, if music can inspire someone a inspire them to just be happier in life b inspire them to pick that instrument up and play it for themselves you know that then they can continue to spread the joy the more people that are out there putting music positive music um there's a place for every kind of music but i believe music with a positive message so if if i can put that music out there great but if i can teach a child and that child will grow up to teach others and others. It can just completely, it can be a, what would, you, what would be a good word for that? Happy musical revolution. <laughs> so yeah, children are the future. So let's get them all learning instruments and let's figure out ways to get music, more music back in the schools. 
that's something that I, that Goldenbaugh, myself, and the rest of my band have done since day one is perform for children uh, in elementary schools in particular, letting those children experience what it's like to be at a performance. And we play at a lot of low-income areas um, all over the West Coast. We particularly like to go to far-reaching communities. And those kids maybe will never have the opportunity in their during their childhood growing up to go to live theater or go to see a concert. They just That might not be something that could ever happen. So we go to them. And we give them that concert, and we give them smiling. And then, if it, if there's enough funds, we stay and we teach the kids for a couple of days, so that they can then feel like that's something that maybe they could do. Maybe they could be up on that stage someday. So I think what I do today, I'd like to teach the next generation to continue to share, and then music can make a difference to the next generation and the next and the next. Let's keep, let's keep our focus on peace and harmony and, and love. And I guess the harp sort of represents that to me. Thank you, Margie. Those are beautiful thoughts. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me here. This is a great um, chance to let people know that music can change things. Margie, one more time, please tell us the names of your ensembles and who the people are that are in your ensembles and how to get hold of you. Okay. Well, Golden Bow, my touring band, is me on harp, penny whistle, and Irish drum. My husband, Paul Espinoza, plays guitar, mandola, accordion, and Kathy Sierra is on violin, viola, and the three of us do a lot of singing. We do a lot of three-part harmony singing. And um, as I mentioned, I also have a group that performs at farmer's markets, um, adult harp ensemble. We're called Harp Dreams. And, of course, my Central Valley Youth Harp Ensemble, which will hopefully begin performing again in the near future as they are able to get vaccinated. And the um, anyone who's interested in finding out about any of the performances that we have to offer could go to our website. Again, it's... Or you could email me. My email address is margie at goldenbowmusic.com or they can go to the website, goldenbowmusic.com. And bow is spelled B-O-U-G-H. And if they want to get on the mailing list, we'll send information about upcoming performances. Uh, Golden Bow will be performing um, again real soon, starting this December, uh, all over the Bay Area, greater Northern California. And uh, my students, again, will hopefully be performing again very soon. We really appreciate you being here. Oh, you're welcome. This is KCBP, the Arts of the San Joaquin Valley. I'm your host, Laura Stokes. Our guest has been Margie Butler, a harp, touring, and recording artist and music teacher. The Arts of the San Joaquin Valley has been produced and hosted by Linda Scheller and Laura Stokes and features music by Kilobot, Waves of Wonder, from the album Jazzy Lazy. You can learn more about their music at www.kilobot.de. 
That's K-I-E-L-O-B-O-T dot D-E. If you would like us to feature your art-related event, or if you would like to be featured on our show, contact us at arts at kcbpradio.org. Stay tuned for more great community radio brought to you by local volunteers, the Modesto Peace Life Center, and listeners like you. Please visit kcbpradio.org to show your support and to learn more about your community radio station. Catch you next time on the Arts of the San Joaquin Valley.